Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the final countdown. The show starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Are you ready? It's showtime. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to a very special episode of the Saturday Night's Main Event Podcast. Tonight, I am your host, Dan the Man, along with my two really good friends, Slim Tim and Isaiah. And tonight, we have a very special guest, one that I've been very excited to chat with personally. Uh, He is your current reigning and defending Texas All-Star Wrestling Heavyweight Champion, Mr. 5K, Nate Bradley. How are you this evening? Great, great for having. I mean, I'm very grateful for you guys having me on. I'm doing well oh, tonight. Oh excited yeah, to, excited to be here and chit chat and see what's up. Oh yeah, anytime. And like I told you all before we started, man, you were one that from TASW that I've always been wanting to interact with. I've seen your stuff on the indies and thought it was fantastic. And I finally got to see you in person and Sweet. blown away, blown Sweet. away. Thank you. Yeah. Thank but, you. Uh, but like I said, man, we're just gonna sit here, take about an hour of your time, just kind of round robin question buggy a little bit and just awesome i'm excited i love talking about wrestling but uh right off the bat man one of my first questions i i I love to ask everybody is man what was your first interactions in the pro wrestling business like how did you start watching it how did i start watching it yeah like when you were little you know um actually it's kind of hard to trace it back because when i was really little i mean I don't know, five, six, seven. Uh, I would go to my grandma's house, and she always had wrestling on. From my dad's side, they watch wrestling like religiously at all times to this day. So it goes back as far as my like working memory from that side. Now, as far as like my personal interest, that was a little bit later. I was maybe like ten, eleven when I when I personally was like starting to go out of my way to like get the DVDs and stuff like that and go back and. Then I went down that rabbit hole of like, oh, there's more stuff than WWE. Oh, what else is there? You know, and then it just kind of branched out from there and it just kind of took off and it it stayed keeping my interest, you know, and, and as mm-hmm. the years went on, I was just like, wow, like I'm really immersed in all this pro wrestling. Maybe I should be doing some pro wrestling. So that's kind of the gist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, now, when you were younger, were you more of a WWE guy or were you a WCW guy? WWE. WWE. Yep. Yep. Who um yeah. who was your uh, favorite wrestler? Back all in the time? Yeah, back all in the day. T- back in the day. You know, back in the day, um, it was Chris Jericho. He all was right. my guy. He Hold was. On. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> the Ocho. Yes, absolutely. He was my dude. It was just uh it was just the attitude and the character and just, you know for the goofiness and the seriousness. And I liked his, his in-ring style a lot. And he was one of the ones that kind of had a fun um, worldwide traveling, uh, you know, story before actually getting to the big one. You know, I liked watching a lot of his old stuff in like Japan and whatnot prior mm-hmm. to. So he had a lot of cool stuff. Um, that's kind of the guys in general that I drift towards is the ones who they kind of did like the full circle before they got to like one of the really big ones, like, you know, WWE or nowadays we've got AEW as well. Like they, 
the guys who kind of checked off and they went, you know, country to country and killed it in each place before they landed in one of the big ones. Those are the interesting guys to me. So you were speaking of kind of like diving down the rabbit hole of yes. um, wrestling film. So me, Tim, and Isaiah, we're probably pretty much around the same age, our 40s, right? Okay. So currently right now I'm watching the 1995 Super J Cup with Please. Jericho and Benoit when he was Wild Pegasus. So I love, man, I watch all kinds of stuff, man. Sweet, love sweet. It. Yeah, I would have to say my, uh, my all-time favorite, if we go back in the day, it has to be Stone Cold. Yeah. I, yeah, that that was that was my man. I actually got my um well I didn't get to see him personally, but my mom and her uh husband were going on a trip to uh Vegas and they actually ran into him at the airport. Sweet. With, with him and his wife and they said that his calves were probably two times bigger than their head. And I'm just like, Man, I wanna be there, but of course I was like probably 14 at the time right. when when that was going on so i didn't get to go to vegas with them but yeah that would have been cool to actually get to meet stone cold yeah, at that time of course um so who's your dream opponent aj styles no nice. I, I would i would actually pay money to see that that match that that would yeah. be awesome i think that'd be killer what you got, Isaiah? Man, I'm going to go a little bit off script. This is just strictly off the top of my head. Curiosity question out of my own. Um, if you got to pick, like, your dream team uh, partner for a, a tag team partnership, who would you pick out on the current TASW roster? On the, T, uh, the current TASW roster? He's not super frequent, frequent uh, these days, right? He's about to be back. Um, for the uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to be saying that or not, but he's supposed to be back for the uh, the upcoming uh, TSW show on the 24th. Um, he was the previous cruiserweight champion before uh, ENX, and he's actually who I dropped the cruiserweight championship to is uh, Chris Cruz, and it's funny because he kind of is my uh, tag partner, just not at TSW. Um, we went to uh, sorry if I'm going off on a tangent here, trying to give some backstory, but um. We had um, we had gone actually over uh, last summer. We had flown out to Philadelphia, and we drove from there up to um, Massachusetts, and we worked for uh, for Open, which is like one of like the like the subsidiary subsidiary companies for uh, Beyond Wrestling. Yeah. And uh, Chris and I tagged with that, tagged on that show, and then the next day we we had driven back to Philly. We drove about an hour west to Lancaster. And uh, for Ricardo Rodriguez or Jesus Rodriguez rather, and uh, we worked on Three Legacies as a tag. Um, we've worked regularly at Wildcat, which is where I got my start. I'm sure that question was going to come up at some point. That's where I did. That's where I actually got my start. Got my foot in the door in uh, with Wildcat Sports over in uh, New Orleans. Chris and I tag over there quite regularly, um, and so I'd say in TSW, if I could have like a dream partner, it would be him. He'd be my guy to uh, rock and roll as a tag there as well so you you said that you uh you've wrestled in louisiana uh speaking of that i was watching some of your matches on youtube last night you actually wrestled somebody i interviewed about two weeks ago jordan jaw at march to the madness mm, yes and i seen that match i was scrolling through and i was like holy shit i just interviewed him like two weeks ago because he was actually wrestling for their sec championship in a fatal right uh-huh 
and I'm like, holy shit, I have to watch this. How many okay. times have you watched uh, wrestled for Pro Wrestling Two Two Five? Just that once, and that really? was actually that was that was one of the only times that they weren't actually in Louisiana. They were coming through, so there was this, um, or I'm assuming that's one of the only times they weren't, because I know 225 is supposed to be the Baton Rouge area code, right? Yes. That's supposed to be. So um, that was the only time that I know of, of them being out here in Texas, um, and it was because there was this there was this weird little kick-up that happened, and it was kind of a result of COVID, because a, uh, a lot of pro wrestling companies, they weren't running a lot. Like the indies, you know, they just weren't. They weren't running as much. Everything had kind of shut down a little bit. But, like, obviously people were still trying to find work, you know, in wrestling. They didn't want everything to go on complete and total uh, pause. So what happened is there were some odd spots that kind of popped up, and pro wrestling companies were kind of like grab gravitating there, and then they became, like, little little hot spots for just a little while. And temporarily there was this little arena um, in Houston that I'm not going to talk too much about it, but basically uh, it had everywhere just, like, every company just rolled through. Oh, for wow. like for like a week, a week, a week, and that happened for like a year or two. And so one of the one of the companies that rolled through was two two five, and that was when they reached out and they're like, "Hey, you wanna, you know, um, do you want to come do this?" And I was like, "Yeah." So that was actually how that happened. So that actually didn't t take place in Louisiana, interestingly enough. Yeah, that was at Houston Premier Arena. I know that I know that venue very well. My um my buddy uh, Jaime that uh, runs Loco Wrestling frequents that building a lot. Interesting. <laughs> I've worked for I've worked for Loco a few times. I actually was on their very first show. Yeah, um, uh, Jaime had nothing but good things to say about you. Really? Yeah. Well, I, while I was telling him, I said, "Look, man, I'm so excited. I got uh, Nate Bradley coming on," and he was like, "Dude, that dude is the future of professional wrestling. He is a good kid." And I said, "I mean, I talked to him briefly at the TASW show, and he seems so nice." Mm. That's cool. Um, I mean, it's cool. I have nothing but good times and good memories from local wrestling. I really, really do mean that. Um, it's not their fault, but Loco was so hot in the Houston Premier Arena that it kind of led into that oversaturation of the arena, if you know what I mean. Because they took off and they were red hot, and then you had this weird conflicting thing happening where there was a whole bunch of companies all trying to run there, and it got kind of weird, you know. And then there was a whole bunch of shows that probably shouldn't have been running. We're all running there because everyone was doing it so but like i mean it from the bottom of my heart i had so much fun working the loco shows like really do and very i mean it i'm very grateful for getting to work uh for loco at the time that it happened because it was at one of the local wrestling shows where um lance romance who is the um the founder and uh you know kind of the figurehead of the ipc that is when he saw me. He saw me in the match with Laredo Kid, and he oh, reached out to me after. And um, all right, and that's another thing. Like it was cool of them to give me opponents that had a little bit of name value because I I did not. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. not gonna act like I do right now, but like go a few years back. I mean, just you know, even more green and inexperienced and hadn't had any real like noteworthy opponents yet. And it's it's really cool, but um. He saw me in that match, and he reached out to me, and we started a good work relationship, and he really, really, really helped me get my name out there, get my face out there, got me in the IPC, got me with all these opponents. I got to work Brian Cage because of him. I've been tagging yes. with Chris because of him. You know, like, all of that happened because of that. Yeah. So I don't have anything but good things to say about my time with Loco because it it kind of set me up, you know what I mean, so in the long run. Today. So, right. So, so I'll never – yeah. So besides uh, wrestling – what are your hobbies outside of wrestling? 
I feel like the first thing I'm going to say is super obvious and uh, everyone, this should be every, I mean, I feel like this should be every uh, pro wrestler and aspiring pro wrestler's answer is uh, working out. I mean yeah. it. Like love going to the gym and like really studying, not just going to the gym and just uh, doing whatever, like really going in and like looking like I spend time like researching, looking at, st you know, studies done, meta analysis, all that stuff for like, you know, like new and old research, like what's old that's new again, what's reemerging, what's kind of just, you know, like doesn't really work, but like people seem to have it. Just, just really taking it apart and dissecting it and looking at it from a science because that's gonna be so important for like the longevity of anyone's career is understanding like what, what is gonna keep you going and not just doing what you see the influencers doing. What really works? Look at the numbers. Don't look at the pretty pictures with the glamoured up. You know, everyone's hot on Instagram. They post their best pictures. All the guys are good looking. All the girls are good looking. What really were in the TikToks, you know, where everyone's doing these workouts and all that. Like, what really works? Look at numbers. That has got to be one of my number one hobbies, which is weird. It's like a student of the craft for fitness. I mean that. Um, yeah. Outside of that, um, I like watching a lot of anime. Okay. I really do. I like playing video games. Uh, my girlfriend and I, we're, we're all, we're, we play Resident Evil a lot. That's that's probably Ooh. our go-to. I'm yeah. a big Resident Evil fan. So. Uh, okay, okay. Since you said that, I got to ask. Sure. What is your Resident Evil of choice? Like, if you had to grab one every Four. time. Four. Original Four. or remake? Oh, man. You know what's weird? <laughs> I, <laughs> the remake. The remake. The remake. I love the okay. remake. I loved it. But here's the thing. The original was my favorite before the remake. Yes. So it's not like, you know, I jumped ship with it. I was, like, blown away at how well done the remake was. I was like, all right, like, this is how it should be. Yes. Beautiful. The mechanics work for, like, modern gameplay. Like, they kind of restructured it, but nothing was taken out in a bad way. Like, everything's good. I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. So, yeah, for the remake is my absolute number one. Yeah, I try to go back to the original, and I just feel like it's like I'm like the tank controls. It's I, clunky. I just, it's clunky. I can't do it, dude. It didn't age well. No, and but here's the thing: it looked like it aged well until we got like uh, you know the remakes. Then it's like, oh gosh. Well, and maybe and maybe another thing is just because we're spoiled with just high technology now. Sure. But when that game came out back on the GameCube, I couldn't get enough of it. It yeah. was amazing. It mm -hmm. was so good. It looked back then how the new one looks right now. Yes. You know what I mean? Like the visual, it looked like stunning and gorgeous. Here's the thing. Capcom has always been ahead of their time with graphics. Like the Resident Evil games have always been way better looking than the other games that come out like that year or even like a year or two later. Like Resident Evil 4 looked crazy good. Then 5 looked crazy good for its time. Then six looked crazy good for a time. Now the remakes are just like ridiculous, you know. Bro, bro, you hear that? Uh, apparently, Capcom is supposed to be releasing some news about a potential Dino Crisis one and two remake. I did hear about that. I did, but I here's the kicker: I never played Dino Crisis. I haven't so. either. I have them on an emulator on my laptop, and I try to play them. I'm like, oh god, like this does not run like Resident Evil because Resident <laughs> Evil two, the OG, is my favorite of all time. Oh really? Oh, dude, I play that game constantly. Like, once we log off here, yeah, controller's going into my laptop. I have a myself, <laughs> headphones on. OG 98 Resident Evil 2 is the best. Sweet, sweet. Oh, man. Oh. Yeah, I, I got to say my 
my all-time favorite game to play, my go-to, would actually have to be Call of Duty. When I'm just pissed off and want and just wanting to rip things apart, Call of Duty. That that's Word. mine. That's mine. I feel that. I feel that. Go online and fight with someone. Yeah, that makes it, sense. It, yeah. Exactly. exactly. Well, I mean, talk I can't. To it. I can't. Tim's gonna go in and talk shit to a nine-year-old. <laughs> I mean, that's I, what the, I, I can't get in a ring and wrestle and get my anger out. So that's my only way to get my anger out. I respect that. I really my love do. and passion, though. <laughs> Street Fighter. Oh, my God. I was never huge on Street Fighter, but I, I dabbled with it. Right. I'm trying to think what what was like a go to that style? I think Soul Calibur was probably. Like, oh no! Yeah, you know, not big on it. Soul Calibur was Heckin'. probably the um, probably the most go-to for that style, even yeah. though it's not quite the same. But that's more or less, you know. But if we're just talking strict, I know I'm all over the place right now. No, go ahead. Talking, hey, that's just... normally how this podcast goes. <laughs> we're we're we talk about everything and anything, and you know, Sweet. like like the guy said, like after our the last TSW show, we, we kind of we were like, hey, this could really be something. And yeah. uh, so it's probably a good 50-50 split now dedicated to TSW and then 50% to life and whatever else pops up. Sure. Okay. <laughs> um, as far as just like, you know, like like one-on-one combat, even though it kind of extends beyond that, Smash Brothers. That's got to be my number yeah, one all-time my number one all time, like if it's just you and me, we gotta throw down. It's that game, without a doubt. Nice. Uh, did you? Uh, do you have a wrestling game of choice? Uh, you know it's funny. Not really. Like, like I was all over the two Ks like yearly, like nonstop. Um, I don't know at what point I fell off. I'd say probably when I think two K stopped making them. No, two K is still making them. Then it was when it was before 2K. I, okay, I have so, it backwards. So you're talking about like uh, WWE like 13. Yes. Okay. So I was all on that until 2K. Well, no, because 2K actually, they did 16 and 17 as well. Yeah. They, but, 2K, but, 2K, but that 2K was still 14, 14 to now. Yes. Okay. I got it. That's what I was getting mixed up. It was just, it was just when the, um, it was when they moved onto the PS4 generation. Yeah. And the mechanics were all completely rearranged. Yeah. But but 2K had released a PS3 version as well for one of them. I think it was 17, still using the old mechanics. Yeah. And then when we moved on to, like, PS4 generation, I hated it because I was outrageously good at the PS3 version. And uh, it just wasn't the same for me. And that's not to say I couldn't still sit and play it, but you got to understand, I was, like, competitive online, like, yeah. like, really high up there, like, no one touched me type thing. And then... It just kind of all, you know, it was like, ah, all right, my time with this is over. You know, that's yeah. how it felt when it, when they when they rearranged and everything changed. Me and Tim, uh, we were real hardcore in the 2K23. We streamed it. We universe moded it. So we've kind of put that one to the back burner. But, man, next month when 2K24 comes out, we're going to restart it. Word. Oh, we love doing that. Col- uh, color commentary online. It's so- oh, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I, I got, I got one. Yeah, I do actually. Uh, first, I'm the type of person if I don't get a thought out, my brain will explode. Um, so this is a follow up from like 20 minutes ago whenever I asked about your dream tag team partner. Yes. Uh, I, I it would be incredibly difficult to make it happen. Um, 
but I would give my left arm to see you and Australia tag team together. Two yeah. amazing high flyers. Like, that would be probably one of the most exciting TSW matches ever. Um, yeah. And then, I guess my, my question, I kind of want to tap into the humanity side of this, is what goes, what what's your process? Like, the... You can you can start as early as that afternoon, like before an event, like like nerves and getting amped up and just you know knowing what opponent you have. Like, does it uh, change like your um, I don't know, like how how hyped you get up for it and just well, walk us through all of that because like, sure, just just yeah, I get I get what you're asking. Okay, other than when it's like let's say truly like big game stuff like like maybe like i'm working potentially you know dark for like a major company or something like that that's a different type of nerve if like maybe they're going to give me something like that you know like if you're doing like a backstage wwe or backstage aew etc etc you're doing something like that that's like a different type of like you got to be on your freaking best you know game face no clowning around straightforward make a great impression that's the only time you'll find me slightly abnormal in like facial my mannerisms my attitude maybe i'm a little more quiet not in a bad way i'm still talking to people and all but just i'm not i'm being very cautious of everything every step is very you know um indie shows as a whole when i'm allowed to just do me you're gonna find me like <laughs> 10 times out of 10 the exact same person before a match regardless of the opponent because no matter what i'm gonna go in i'm gonna put my foot down as far as what has to happen with me because at the end of the day i'm doing this because i enjoy it i enjoy professional wrestling and no matter how anyone else feels i'm going to make sure this is how i see it what did i like watching when i was just a fan that is what I want to see me doing, right? So if I'm needing any type of pushback from someone or anything like that, it's not a problem. It's going to happen. I'm going to express me and my character regardless of who I have, regardless of their style, regardless of how experienced they are, whether they are brand new or they've got 20 years on me. It, it makes no difference. I'm going to go in there, and I know it's going to be a killer match. I can have a good match with anyone. You can look at my track record. There might only be like one match every year that I just don't care to like to talk about. Other than that, it's like I can have and it's unique with everyone. So it's always exciting. But that's why I don't go in with like this type of like tunnel vision. It's very flexible when I walk in because everyone is so different. And I take pride in being able to adapt around them and still put myself in it. You know, it's like, what do you want to do? What is you? How are you? Tell me about how you like to wrestle, your match types, whatever. I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to process it. I'm going to think about my stuff, and then I'm going to blend it, and we're going to go out there, and it's going to be awesome. And that's it. So game day of a match, I'm all smiles. It's all fun. You know what I mean? And I'm going to get there, and when, we, when it's go time, it's go time. And yeah. it's, you know, it's game face. But I am in extraordinarily high spirits every time it's match time because I get to go out there and do what I love and I'm going to have fun and I'm going to have this unique experience with someone and I'm going to leave something that's going to be this permanent thing that happened and you can always go back and watch it 
and it's unique to the two artists or three or four or five or six, however many were involved in the match, you know, and it's unique to all the artists that were in that match at that given time, and it's going to be cool. So, yeah, there's not a whole lot of thought process that goes into it. I am a very go-with-the-flow type person. When it's when it's time for a match, it's just I'm gonna get there, put my best foot forward, and however it happens, it's gonna happen, because you definitely don't get anything out of worrying about a match, right. because let's just say worst case scenario, it bombs, it tanks, and the crowd hates it, and guess what? It happened. But that's probably not the case. You're gonna go in, you're gonna do your best, and. Personally, this is just me speaking from experience. When I do my best and I give my best, it absolutely brings the best out of other people. And when they get into that mode and that kind of that mentality and we're just meshing, it's such an awesome feeling. And that's all I'm thinking about before the match is like, this is going to be cool. That's it. That is all it is. So there's no reason to kind of go in with this like uh, kind of set guideline rule book. It's got to go like this because no, it doesn't. And when you do that, that's when things get weird. Because if anything deters from that, now what? You know, your, your your perfect vision is ruined and the match is ruined. It's like whatever. Have yeah. fun with it. You know. Uh, yeah, I, I can I can say personally from the last two events that I've seen that you've competed in, your matches have been by far, not even close, the most exciting matches of the evening. And Thank I think you. the other the other two guys will agree with me, uh, especially yeah. from the the Conroe Wimble. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. That that one was actually. Of course, my first ever Same to go here. to. Same here. And so he, it was an honor to see you uh, wrestle there. Um, I actually want to kind of go in more into that. Um, and, the, and the guys are going to kind of agree with me. What was your thoughts of those kids with the talkies? <laughs> are they a normal thing? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was interested as well. Um because they were chanting stuff at the start of the match, and uh, I don't, you can actually probably see me um, on the replay, and um, or if you if you noticed it before um, Nicole, the referee, when she took the belt from me, I said, "What are they She said, "What?" I said, "What are those kids saying?" And she said, "I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> if it if it's the chant that I think you're talking about, they were saying you need a talkie. Yeah, that's what they were they, saying. Yeah. yeah that, but, but I didn't, I didn't know what was going on with like the taki or whatever. So I just heard them chanting and I saw them waving food around. I was like, what the hell is going on over there? So you, you know, know what's like, actually <laughs> funny about that? The guy in the middle, I guess that brought all the kids, kind of like the orchestrator. He messaged <laughs> on Facebook and goes, hey, are you going to be at Break It Off? I said, yes. I said, are you? He goes, yeah, I think so. I said, are you bringing those kids? <laughs> <laughs> hey, look. They started that's, chanting for themselves. They're like, talky yeah, corner. That's great energy. I mean, it. they were lively. They, they were li- They were, and that type of thing makes it so much fun. Because you, you can have the best match in the world, but if the crowd just is like low energy, it's like, whatever. Like, those kids, I mean, I feel like they lit up the night. They kept that energy peaked the whole time, and that is, is so awesome. I was very happy to hear how like alive everyone still was that late into the show because usually that's when people start getting tired you know i started up a brief fight forever chant between you and jordan jensen i think i heard it i i it was very brief i was like come on people get in on it with me uh i think me i think you and uh me and you daniel were chanting it yeah for a little bit yeah 
But um, yeah, that I I just thought that was the funniest thing. Those kids were, I think, besides y'all as you know the professionals and entertaining everybody, that one was the kids just made it so much even better. Yeah, because you know you get especially when someone's new into wrestling or never seen uh this kind of wrestling before. You're you're kind of quiet at first, you know. I've right. been I've been to a WWE um, event, and you know, being in a big arena like that, you, you do chant, but you know, because you're so far away from the the ring or something like that, they don't hear what you're saying half the time. Yeah, the whole the whole arena's yeah. saying it, so they're they're hearing it, but being that close and having that feel, does that actually give y'all more energy? during a match absolutely yeah absolutely because i you know i mean the mo- the best i could compare it to is um i, I know it's a little bit of a stretch but i just it's it's the best that i can do to kind of relate in um 2018 i think yeah it's 2018 i did um i did a dark match well no it wasn't dark match it was actually on the first hour of monday night raw um i was squashed by aop at the time right what what? And yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, don't you're not gonna recognize me if you look it up. It's this was before I understood what working out was. So, <laughs> it's, but um, when I was in the ring during that, it's weird the vocals, the difference in the vocals. Hearing the people, it sounds like echoes are coming towards you, and not like like when like the crowd popped. And like you know, like like VFWs or like you know, like like um, like the brewery or like when I work in like like gymnasiums, like it's immediate and it's condensed. It's like right there. It's like I can hear anyone that says anything, and it's so obnoxiously loud and like compressed. But when it's in like those far out arenas like that, like it, it's like as if like you're hearing echoes that are like working their way over to you, and it really distorts how you're hearing things. So I gotta say, for like the energy levels, I love that like the tight knit, like everyone's in. And that's not to say I don't want to like, you know, move on to like being able to work in like these massive arenas at all times. I absolutely do. And that's, I'm sure everyone's goal at some given point in time, but you cannot like, it cannot be overstressed enough. Like how cool it is to have those unique, especially when it's like a red hot audience and it's like a tight knit little thing like that. Mm -hmm. It's so cool. Cause it's like immediate and it's very like invigorating, you know? Mm -hmm. So you, t- you 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 talked about wrestling in big arenas. I'm gonna put you on the hot seat. Sure. All right. So, out of the four major promotions that are going right now, WWE, TNA, AEW, and New Japan, if they were to all offer Nate Bradley a contract at one time and said you had to pick, who would you pick and why? New Japan. I I didn't know I I didn't know I was gonna have to explain myself, but New Japan was the uh, the easy answer for me. Okay. Mm, you know, this is weird, but again, it's all going off feeling, right? And um, there was something about watching matches when I first like really dove into like like the New Japan rabbit hole and like just kind of like watching stuff with like Bullet Club and seeing the characters they had out there, you know, like Tanahashi and and Naito and just like seeing those guys like they have their own unique characters and vibe that I feel is unique to new japan and that's not to say that 
every company doesn't have their own unique characters that are special and bring something unique. But it's just there's an entire energy that's different about New Japan and the audiences too, which I think is so cool because you see this sometimes with uh, you see this sometimes with like the audiences for like WWE and like AW and you know Impact and all that. But what is really unique is when you really watch a lot of like not just necessarily New Japan, but like just like Japanese crowds in general. They treat it in a unique way. It's not just a pro wrestling match. It's not just a sport. It is also, it is art to them. And what I mean is, if you've ever gone and you've watched a play, the crowd is silent until the end of the act. And then everyone claps when the curtain closes, right? Mm -hmm. What's cool is you will see some of the immediate pops from the New Japan crowd. Like someone starts doing something, they're like, oh, 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 like you see it. The same way you'll see it any other company, but something that's unique that you don't necessarily see in other places, or at least not that often, is if you see, like, even, like, All Japan Pro Wrestling and, like, you know, um, Pro Wrestling Noah and all the other companies over there, you see this, there will be not, like, silence, but, like, a, like a, like a, like a lull, and just this very quiet, and then when people start moving, you feel, like, the, the build-up, the build-up, build-up, and then they might, you might hear a little, oh, 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 but then when there's like that last dig, like let's say there was this cool strike exchange and it ends with this big old line, someone flips out or whatever. As soon as it lands in the whole crowd, like everyone, mm -hmm. they treat it for what it is, like the art on display. And when you get to the checkpoints, they all acknowledge it and digest it. And it's like, oh, that was really cool, you know? And it, that's just such a unique thing and atmosphere that I don't really see and a lot of the other companies. So that's why I've got to say New Japan would have been would be my go-to. If offered between the big four, it's them right away, really so quickly. do you think it's safe to say that you might hold that one day? Oh, oh man. <laughs> I would love to. I would absolutely love uh, to. <laughs> the, the, probably one of the most beautiful belts other than the New Japan world title. Not the new, not the new belt. That belt's trash. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Kenny Omega world title. I've, this, this is my Will Ospreay belt, though. Yeah, I've always been uh, pretty biased towards the uh, like the dark red straps. Yeah, there's something about that. It's just such a pretty like uh, TNA had a really pretty TV title some time back with the uh, the red strap. Yes, Remember yes. That? Red they, the, the red strap's very unique. I really like that. That was probably the first red strap one that I had ever seen, and I was like, oh my gosh, like that is such a pretty championship because it. I mean, black and gold is probably, like, the go-to. Or, you know, or, like, white and gold, black and gold, whatever. But, like, seeing, like, the red and, like, the multicolor, it's such a unique... That feels kind of royal to me, in a way. Yeah. You know, I always liked, uh, back in the day, Ultimate Warrior's winged eagle belts. He had, like, the, the yellow intercontinental belt. The, yes. the turquoise world title. Yes. God, though, he gets trashed on so much, but those belts were beautiful. It was it was unique, and that's the whole name of the game. Not everything is gonna work. Not everything is gonna sit right with everyone. But like being the first, and it's really hard to be the first at anything these days because everything's been done. I mean, even just like you know, people say like like when you're trying to create like a move set that's like unique to you, and you realize that every single move that you're about to do, there's at least a hundred people doing it already. You know, like warrior was kind of a trendsetter and like you know like like by doing that and taking a chance on like because i know it wasn't an executive decision with him for all i know they were telling him you got to go out with this crazy colored belt you know because you're a crazy colored 
with all the, your face paint and all that. But the point is, like, that's so cool that he got to go out and try that out, bring out these like unique, you know, different um, different spectrum of like color, you know, titles and stuff like that. Like, yeah. that's cool. People weren't doing that. Yeah, he was he was trying to break the mold, and that's that's a cool thing because. You know, fast forward a couple decades later, that's not an irregular thing, which is neat because it was weird then. Now it's like, oh, well, maybe he was on to something and we just didn't appreciate it at the time, you know? Yeah, like TNA's new belts now when they got – since they got rebranded back to TNA, Mm. those belts are beautiful. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty. Absolutely. Gorgeous, man. I I wish nothing TNA but the best, man. It sucks that they fired Scott Demore. But man, I, I I hope they do so good. Me too. I would never, ever, ever, and I I feel like anyone that's listening to this or anyone that comes across this like in the future that is a pro wrestler needs to heed what I'm about to say. Like, and and, and not just wrestlers, like like fans, anyone. Like, you should never ever bash a pro wrestling company and hope for its downfall because you got to understand that's a place for people to work. That's a place for people to get seen. Mm -hmm. That's, that's product. That's diversity. The more companies you have, the more competition. So the more people have to step their freaking game up and like put out a good product and people have to perform better because they're competing against the athletes from other companies. And my old trainer, uh, Luke Hawks would call that healthy competition. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, is your wife's name Jenny? Cause she just, she just chimed in on the chat room and goes, by the way, he don't eat Takis. <laughs> she's watching. Yeah, that's my wife. <laughs> don't, don't tell the Taki kids that. You'll break their heart. Yeah, don't tell the Taki kids. Um, <laughs> they were calling that so, one dude Talk, Taki Man. I forget his actual name. I'm bad with names. The, they were yelling, Taki Man, Taki Man. I wasn't going to say this, but since she said that. So when the kids were all chanting, you know, for the Takis and all, and the match was done, and I always I try to interact in any way that I can because – that is just as special as the match. Your time out there as a performer, getting to talk to people, interact is so cool and unique. Like just as important as the match is. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm doing my thing. Match was done. I retained. And, you know, I'm pandering. Ooh, uh, walking around, whatever. And then I see, um, I see uh, the Taki kids and all that. And one of them is like, like kind of like waving the uh the Taki up thing. And I'm just like, oh man, I don't eat junk food, but. All right, so I get out and I walk <laughs> over and I'm like, all right, let me see what's going on. You know, I didn't, I'm never oh. eating Takis or anything like that, so I'm digging in the bag. It's almost empty. And I found one, I pulled out, and I'm like, oh my god, this thing's blue. What the hell? And then I, you know, yeah, <laughs> I didn't know it was gonna be probably like orange, like a Cheeto or something. So I'm like, whatever. So I'm chewing on it. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm walking the bag, and then I would chew it on it all the way till I got through that curtain, and I'm like, trash can, trash can. <laughs> and they're like. They're like, oh no, he's gonna throw up. I'm like, Mm-mm, you're gonna try. Uh, rinsing my mouth out. Uh, I'm like, nah, I couldn't let the kids see me spit the chip out. But I was not about to eat that junk food. <laughs> it was not happening. It's not happening. Yeah, I actually laughed. Um, your wife just wrote in again. She was like, uh, Tamuku was a Tamaku. Yeah, Tamaku. Yeah. Um, yeah, some my uncle. Is it really? No. Oh, oh come on. He is. He is, but he's not. <laughs> he's my uncle. Okay. He's my uncle. Yeah, I was actually yeah. laughing at him during the match because he, when he came out during the match, he grabbed another talkie <laughs> and put it in his mouth, but then spit it out at the same yeah. time. And I was like, "Wait, I what?" Do that. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> 
He's oh, goofy. So. I've known him for a while. Yeah, yeah. He he calls me his nephew, and that's been an ongoing thing for years now. So that's cool. That's yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was telling you about this. Look at this bad boy, the winged eagle. Oh, there you go. Hold on, not done yet. Not done yet. Uh oh. Yeah, he has a lot. Oh, and I got the universal strap. Now that's one of the ones that people were bashing, even though it had a, a red strap. A lot of people did not like the universal one. So. I don't like it that much either. Right. <laughs> what I to do, what I, this belt was given to me. Mm -hmm. The winged eagle was given to me. But the only thing I want to change out of this is the center plate. I want to put the Brock Lesnar plates on there. Okay. But they're so expensive. I'm sure. God, they're ridiculous. <laughs> now they're going to be even more ex uh, expensive since apparently he's getting erased from WWE. Yeah. From what's I heard going on. All that. Mm -hmm. Sucks. It's disgusting. So I don't know if you watch wrestling, but this has been on my mind since we started. Did you get to watch the kickoff for WrestleMania 40? Uh-uh. You haven't watched it? Okay. I was going to ask, what was your thoughts about that one? My bad. Could you run me down what happened? <laughs> you can go ahead, Daniel. Well, have, have you been seeing what's been going on with The Rock? And Yes. Okay. Well, apparently, long story short, Rock came out, yada, 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 showed this big screen about the bloodline and the family tree, whatever. Mm -hmm. Cody came out and was like, you know what? I come out and I choose Roman Reigns, and everybody's like, what? Like, Rock and Roman are already facing. And uh, basically, Cody said, well, you know, if, if your, your grandparents seen what you became, y'all would be, or they would be ashamed of you. The Rock slapped Cody in the face. They had a big pull apart. Now the match has been official again, Roman and Cody. But they're thinking that it's going to be a triple threat now with Rock, Roman, and Cody in the main event of 40. Which I don't mind seeing. I just hope the right winner comes out of it. I agree. And you know what? That could give them a little bit of cushion, too. What I mean is, because I know, you know, I'm, I mean... I don't know if I've got all my facts 100% lined up on this, but I, Roman should be coming up pretty close on, what, Hogan's record? Well, Hogan's record right. is not even a real record. Okay. That's the sad thing. I did research. It's not even a record. Right. It's a fabricated WWE record. Mm. But, yes, he is, God, I think 1,000... 75 days if i'm not mistaken going into sure. wrestlemania sure uh what i mean about the having a little bit of cushion though is you know having the third person in the match can protect cody from he's done all of that work you know this has been his big storybook you know everything uh yeah. he doesn't have to take a clean pin and end it like that if he's not the winner you know what i'm saying like with, but it also doesn't have to sacrifice Rome, that record that he's closing, that Roman's closing in on, even though it's not a real record. But either way, having a third person in, it, it can kind of help keep two people alive in the story, if that makes sense. Now, and do so, you want the story to finish at WrestleMania, or do you want it to keep going longer? I, I say longer. And I say that because I guess because it's just probably reflective of my, or I'm sorry. It's probably reflective of my youth when storylines didn't necessarily end just because it was WrestleMania. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so, Sometimes, you're, so you're not tired of Roman being champ after three years? 
Nah. I mean, why, why, why not? You know what I'm saying? I mean, the more, the more frustrating and aggravating, the more I have to sit back and be like, you know what? I like it. I, I do like it. And t- you know, Tim, me and us three talk every day, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And um, Tim wants it to end. He's getting tired of it. I, I'm digging the whole Roman Reigns. He almost feels like a final boss. Yeah, dude. At this <laughs> point, he's ridiculously heel, like comically. I mean, it's almost funny. Because it's like that, you know, the the fact that he's even owning up to the fact that he doesn't like wrestle a whole lot on TV anymore, yeah. and just like, and the fact that he just really is so damn unbeatable, like it's it's kind of amusing. Like, what a superhuman they like they're making him out to be. It's just like, uh, whatever, keep it going, listen, rack those numbers up. Listen to all of the shit he talks about Seth Rollins to his face at the press conference. Saying, man, you have you're 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 a bum. You're a bum. You're a right. second rate champ. <laughs> oh, dude. He goes, I make ten times more money than you, and I work less than you do. Like, <laughs> man, like part of me doesn't want to end because I love Roman to death now as this hill character. Right. I love it. But part of me wants to see Cody win it. Right. I I just want to piggyback off the not wanting to it to end with Roman thing. That's something that. It, it's hard to uh, explain this this feeling to a lot of people, but I'm sure y'all will understand. Once it's over, it's over. Yeah, you're not getting yeah. it back. So rushing into that that end game is kind of like, yeah, I understand getting sick of something, but just understand, like, if you do have something like a good thing going, it really is a good thing, and it really is entertaining in its own way. Once it's over, you can't redo it the same. Like, what he has right now is unique and hot and like the way they've they've made him over the last few years is so special he's still going to be that same guy but once once the title reign ends that's it they can't revisit all of that if they can extend that without losing people that is a good thing because what's the chance we're getting something like that right into the next title reign whenever he drops it to whomever what are the odds that what they offer with that belt is just that dramatic? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah, rare. Still, it's rare these days. You know we're not going to have another title reign length as long as Roman's probably no. in our time. No, no, I don't think so. I didn't think we would ever see something like this because, they, I mean, there's a point in time where they were just hot potatoing championships. Dude, you yeah. know what I mean? And uh, the fact that, I mean, because let's see what. Probably before Roman, I mean, Punk had a really lengthy run. Yeah. You know what I mean? About yeah. like 10 years ago-ish. And that was also kind of weird for the time period. Yeah. And for Roman to blow that out the water, it's just kind of like, wow. Like, I didn't expect it at all. Not to not to go like that, that long. It's just, it's crazy. And really, it's comical almost how long it is. Years. Like, that's crazy. That's Dude, actually crazy. 2019. It's, yeah, it's insane. Yeah, that is like really, really weird to see these days anywhere, any pro wrestling company. That's weird to see, you know. Mm-hmm. I I just want to see Cody finish the story. That's that's yeah. my sure. bi- that's my biggest yeah. thing is I want to see Cody finish it and start a new chapter for himself because he's sure. he's so on this roller coaster to finish his dad's story. Mm-hmm. But that's one thing that. Um, if you um, do, we'll get to watch it. That's one thing that Seth brings up is 
when is it time for you? Right. You know, and I know you can relate to that because it's like, because with you being the heavyweight champion, you also think about that is like, when is it your time? When is it going to, you know, why are you on this other storyline to try to finish your dad's story when you are the one wrestling now? Sure. No, that's, that's totally real. I mean, you know, Cody's got this, this, this thing that it's also kind of not really dragging on, but it's been going for a while now. The, the finish the story thing, you know, especially when he came back fresh and he got hurt right when he came back after he had been gone to AEW and all. But, and if, if you really just look at everything he's done, it really is pretty ridiculously incredible. I mean, mm-hmm. from being stuck in the position that he was in in WWE for so long, um, even given who his father was, for him to still be in that position for so long is so you know crazy. And then he went out and like he was you know he was rocking the indies and like they said, like he he played it smart. Soon as he left WWE, he played it smart because a lot of the guys when they when they leave or they get released. I mean, their asking price is absurd, right? And they, they've all said that Cody did not ask for a lot of money when he left WWE. And, like, that's such an interesting business move that he took a chance on just to be able to work more places, like, here, here, and here. And he was on PWG when PWG was red hot, you know, and mm-hmm. he kept doing that. And then, you know, with this very uh, bold and um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Um gutsy move is a better word for that but we'll say gutsy with with um you know getting with like the elite starting that thing with them and then mm-hmm. pitching this whole concept of AEW and just like the fact that AEW is even a thing right now and that we talk about it yeah yeah it's just the fact that we even talk about it on this big scale of if you say AEW to someone and they don't know what AEW is the easiest way to explain it to them is well it's like WWE and yeah. it's it's the same scale and people go oh wow there's something that big, like right now. Yeah, that's crazy. And think about who had one of the biggest hands in it ever. It's Cody. And after all that, he's back in WWE, just trying to do his thing for his dad and himself. And it's like that's crazy. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, yeah. it, it, it's it's a really. I mean, the story's pretty much written itself at this point in time. You know. Yeah. And so, with that being said, they can't let that simmer for too long. Because if that drags out, you know, he'll lose steam. We've seen it happen with a lot of guys that they take too long to pull a trigger or whatever. But I don't think he's in danger of if it doesn't happen right now, it's just, you know what I mean? Because he, it's still hot. He's still hot, like really hot coming off of all that and everything that's still going because of him. So, yeah, I know I got a little off topic there. No, 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 you're fine. So, yeah, there's there's no such thing as off topic on this podcast. So two things really quick. Uh, Ginger Ninja Jax Bo says hello, Nate. It's Jax Bo. What's up, Jax Bo? And, uh, <laughs> I was telling Tim about this way earlier before all, um, you and Isaiah got on. Was I feel like this is the similar situation to Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30. Sure. It was you know the crowd is now chanting, "We want Cody. We want Cody." Ten yeah. years ago, it was the start of the Yes movement. Mm-hmm. It's which, gonna... which again was so polarizing because being that over at the request yeah. of the fans yeah. isn't something that like that's not like it happens, but not to that scale yeah. where where like there like like with Daniel Bryan back in the day, right? Like ten years back, 
there wasn't one person in the audience that would boo him. That's weird. Yeah. Like, he was literally over with everyone to where they're literally twisting a company's arm. Fans are so enamored with him. They are twisting a company's arm. That's cool. And you're right. You don't see that a ton. But Cody is relatively in that area right now, mm-hmm. which is which is pretty neat. It's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. So to to keep going, um, what is your future plans with uh, Texas All Star Wrestling? I want to ride it till the wheels fall off, and I mean that. I want to. I want because. Let me just without getting uh without getting too sentimental or whatever. Uh, <laughs> I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Texas All Star has one of the most special places in my heart because when I got out here to Texas and I was no one, I had no name and nothing and no one had any reputation and there's plenty of companies out here that have been working forever and they had their guys and everyone wants to be able to make a name and whatever and just the fact that I was literally just no one who had done nothing. Like, I mean, I worked for Wildcat Louisiana, but that was my home company. Of course I worked for them. Like, they were throwing me a bone by putting me on the show and then I got out here and it's like I had done nothing. I had done a one-off for like Hurricane Pro, and like I did one off for like another show, you know, and then Texas All Star like taking a chance on me for no reason other than like let's just let's just see what the kid can do, and then they liked my match enough. Which by the way, that match was myself versus Estrella, and that was supposed oh. to be that was supposed to be a one off. I was heel obviously at the time, right? And they liked me so much they hit me back, and they're like, "Can we get you for like the rest of the year?" And like. You know how flattering that is? Like, I was no one. I'm still no one, but, like, I was really no one. Had done nothing. And I can't repay that to them because being able to get in the ring that much and get this, you know, get the ring reps and be in front of an audience, like, that often and be able to work with so many different people and then even getting, like, repeat opponents and being able to try and top my last match with that same guy, like, you don't get to do that a lot of places. And, like, I am really blessed to be able to work with Texas All-Star and, I mean it. I want to work with them until I cannot work with them anymore. So that means either I get signed and I'm not allowed to do indies anymore or I grow too old and my body cannot do it anymore. I am with them. Like, I'm sticking it out because they did me a solid. I wouldn't be as good as I am right now. I would not have the value and, like, everything about me that you see that's good. It wouldn't exist without them. And I can't stress that enough. So... That's the plans with Texas All Star. So if I, I mean, right now, I'm their heavyweight champion. Yeah. If I could set some type of a record with that, that would be really cool. Which, by the way, by the way, it's unofficial, but I might be the youngest Texas All Star wrestling heavyweight champion because I am actually because the whole because the company was founded in '94. I was born in '95. So I'm actually younger than the company, and I'm their heavyweight champion, which is interesting, right? And I was asking about that, and they were saying, they're like, you know, we don't really know if we've had that before. So I might just be in the the, uh, territory of just setting records right now with them, which would be really cool. That would be cool, yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how long this title reign lasts. I want to be able to win those tag championships at some point, and, uh, you know, triple crown course because i've had the cruiserweight championship with them so i'd like to triple crown with uh texas all-star that'd be really cool i've never done that before if i got to do that with chris that'd be awesome like y'all were asking me earlier you know yeah. so you know who knows but i'm here to ride it till the wheels fall off 
Well, do you have a match at the the on the twenty fourth, the VFW one? Are you? Yes. You competing them? Nice. I am. I am competing against um Nate Slater. No, I'm not. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. No, I, 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 I thought I thought I heard it's the rematch between you and Jordan Jensen. <laughs> no. <laughs> can we make that? Can we make that work somehow? Like, can we do that? I believe it's happening though, because since he did win the Rumble, he will be getting a rematch with me. But tentatively, it should be my. Uh, it should be a singles match with Nate Slater, which is interesting because he was. He was the heavyweight champion. You know what's interesting, actually, real quick about that? I had the cruiserweight championship uh, some years back, and I had won the, um, the Cypress Rumble. Yeah. And with with uh, with Nate Slater, he mm -hmm. was the heavyweight champion, and they were constantly teasing us. And then, like, just before it was time for me to finally, like, cash in on him, he dropped it, and then I dropped it. And then I swapped to face and then won it separately later. So it was weird. It's like we have unfinished business, but we're not like we don't have beef, but we have like an unfinished beef that's finally coming up. So it's so kind of weird. So do we need to get TASW to do some cool like vignette like five years in the making? They need to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, okay. Okay. So I got, I got, I, it's not a gripe. I do want to ask though, because I've never been to the Cypress VFW hall before. It's five minutes away from my job, okay. so I'm super stoked. Now, I was watching videos. Is there white tables all the way around ringside at that venue, or is it open like how it was uh, at Conroe Rumble with no there's, barricade? There's white tables. White tables. Okay. Yeah. And people don't usually get slammed on them, although it is not uncommon for someone to slam someone's head into it. <laughs> okay. Because I was going to say, I will be personally offended if you don't too sweep me on the way to the ring at break it off. <laughs> I'll catch you. I'll get I'll you. I'll catch you. Promise. I can walk past, because I'm not boxed in by the tables. So I can, we can go out through those little gaps in the tables. I'll catch you no matter where you're sitting. Promise. Now, please, are you, are you going to be selling merch? <laughs> yes. I will really? be I'm extra to bring some merch. I've got, got some of these, right? Got my IPC shirt with me on it. Okay. And we'll have some other stuff there. Uh, my wife usually handles that. She's got little trinkets and stuff like that, little um, little magnets and stuff like that. That's got myself and like Chris on it. So we've got now, some cool stuff. Do you collect? Do you collect uh, wrestling memorabilia? Not really. No. No. Tell your wife to bring two X shirts. We'll see. We'll see. I might not have any two X. I might not. But I'll. I'll... Do you have we'll at check. least an extra large? Yes. Okay, thank you. She says keychains. <laughs> we yeah, we have keychains. You, you can buy a keychain, Daniel. I'll buy a keychain. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that sounds like to me? And I'll just make this joke real quick. I know we're crunched for time right now. I'll make this joke real quick. Uh this isn't something that I've come across a lot in matches, but it is just a funny joke that I like to make in matches because people do that. Is uh people talking about like oh like high spots that are like too dangerous or whatever? Uh, I am always guilty of doing this jokingly. Is when someone pitches something to me that it sounds a little bit of a stretch, but I'm 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 all for it. I'm very capable of all these elaborate spots. I'm sure y'all have seen me. You know, there's not a whole lot that I can't physically do in a match, but I uh I will almost always oh man you know that Phoenix Splash sounds cool, but uh how about a clothesline instead? <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Always. <laughs> Always. Oh, man. This has been a really good time. Yeah, I've had a lot of fun. I mean it. I'm really, I'm really, really uh, grateful for you guys having me on, and it was a lot of fun. A lot. Of, All right, lot of and fun. you're more than welcome to come back at any time that you want to hop on with us. Absolutely, love to come back. This is fun. It really was, guys. Yes, right, I'm, Jenny. Make sure you get two X shirts made. Your boy wants to wear one. <laughs> Order him a. We can, we can make it happen. I mean it. We can, we will definitely, if you want. One, two, three, whatever. We can get those and have them for you. No problem. You, so, you, no worry. You make them ready. I will have money in your hand at break it off. You got it. We just, we try to custom order on anything that's like a two, like a two X or higher because those are actually, I'm sure you know, like they're higher to make. Oh, yeah. They're more expensive for us. Do so, we don't. A, do you have a pro wrestling tee shop? No, I don't. I just, all mine's by just in person. Okay. I didn't even want to deal with any of the online stores and all that. I had looked into that at one point in time, but. They got a whole bunch of just goofiness on how much that they charge. It's not feasible for either. If you actually break the numbers down, it's kind of silly. Like how much I'm losing out of it and how much like y'all would have to pay to get it off there. It's not really. It's, it's, it's convenient because they'll do everything for you and they put it up. But the price for that, is, it's all. It's just easier to take my stuff with me and just let people. They can message me if they want something and I'll freaking mail it to them. You know what I mean? Like this, yeah. this whatever. Well, Ginger Ninja Jacksbo says, may I ask Nate something? Yeah. Ask away. Ask away. So we're just waiting for it. Uh, would you fight Lord Vader? <laughs> <laughs> of course, he doesn't stand a chance. Um, <laughs> at Kama Palooza last year, I defended my... Um, Texas Lesser Wrestling Heavy Championship against Zara Camacho, who's actually the guy that I won the championship from. And um, they had uh, stormtroopers walking around Kamapalooza, and I kept just, for no reason, every time they walked by, I'd say, mm, reporting to Lord Vader. Yeah, Lord Vader. I just kept doing that. So I'm sure he's referencing that because I was saying that all day. <laughs> so, and Seth Bet, Self Bet Wrestling just said, I'm picking Nate. In Nate versus Nate. Hey, that's the easy choice. <laughs> you got a hundred percent chance of uh, betting on that name. <laughs> yeah, because that Camacho match with you and uh, him at Comic Palooza, I watched that last night. I just scrolled through YouTube, and the co uh, the commentators, whoever they were that night, were like, "Man, this uh, holy shit! I just lost. I just lost my uh, train of thought. God damn it! I'm so." It's dead. just a caboose, okay. if we're being honest, Daniel. Yeah, not much of a train. No. <laughs> no, they were like, I got it back, got it back. Take two. They were like, Yeah, this Nate Bradley, how is he their world champion? He's small. He's like a cruiserweight. And I was like, Stop talking shit. Yeah, man. Hey. Fair enough, right? I've done everything I can to get bigger, but I just I'm just a little guy. Just a little yeah. guy. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I mean you 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 make it for the kids to see that even though you're small. You dream big, you go big. Sure, you know, and it's it's an uphill battle, but it it's it's I enjoy reaping the rewards from something like that because I get that a lot. I mean, a lot. Like you're the heavyweight champion. It's like, yeah, I get that. I'm like a buck fifty, but you got to understand, there's so much more that goes to it than just being a big guy. You know what I mean? Like you mm -hmm. can absolutely make up 
for not being like the image of a pro wrestler that's supposed to be a cruiserweight or a heavyweight or whatever. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? When I was fir- when I first won the uh, the championship, I'll just go ahead and throw out there that I was a little uneasy. Not because I didn't think that I'd worked hard. Like I, I thought that I'd worked my ass off, and and I had put on so many, so many just absolute like match of the night, like month after month after month. You know, especially like my cruiserweight, my cruiserweight run with Texas All Star, I think was awesome. I had it for just over a year, and I mean, it would be hard to pick out like a like a top ten best matches during that run because it was just it was killer and i was constantly having match the night and i say that proud i don't care who's bothered by it most would probably agree with it the few that don't they have you know if they're bothered by it it's because i am speaking the truth and i kept having that type of match over and over and over and i presented myself well and i got over when i when i swapped to being a face i crushed it came out the gates hot and built up and had these killer 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 matches and just throwing out there the first match that I had with Camacho, who was the you know heavyweight champion champion at the time, I had that match. It was just a one off. It was just a one off. And then guess what? The message I get is, um, the boss man really liked your match with Camacho. So now, well, guess what? I'm in the freaking title picture. Like I was just working my ass off. That's all it was. Mm-hmm. So, but when I won it, there's still that sense of like, ugh, do I fit this image? You know, like it does hit you at first. Because, like, I remember when I won it and, like, Nicole was, she was, she was the referee and she was, you know, she was handing it and I'm reaching for it and I, I take it and I'm thinking, like, oh, man, like, this is me now. Like, I'm the face of a company now. Like, I, I'm their guy, me, and I'm look, and I'm thinking, like, I was the smallest. It was a six-man scramble that I wanted in. I still pinned Zarek Camacho, but it was a six-man scramble that I wanted in. I was the smallest guy in the match. You know how weird it was that they're handing me the heavyweight championship? You know what I mean? Yeah. And then it took a few matches into my reign of, to, to kind of find myself again. Like, yeah, you're this guy. Of course you are. Like, the way the people look at you, the way the other workers look at you. And then you look, at, you look into the camera and realize, looking back, it's like the way you look at you. It's like, yeah. You can absolutely be that guy. You do not have to be this big monster. But that applies to all aspects of wrestling. You don't have to be a high flyer. You don't have to be a brawler. You don't have to be a tech player. You can be the guy by being you, and that's it. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing else. There's no secret. It's not a freaking secret formula. You just have to be you. You have to be organic. If you're fake, people are going to they're gonna figure it out, and they're not going to be interested in that, you know? And I'm sure it's cool to see you on the, on the middle front and center of the, the posters, too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's 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 flattering, it's humbling, but then it's also it's invigorating because that feeling of like it's it's the easy part is becoming a champion and getting to the top. It's staying on the top. That's the hard part, right? And I have loved every second of battling that challenge. You know what I mean? Like yeah. every match since I've won it has Every match is my is my best match over and over and over. And I love it. I love that feeling of like, yes, I'm making history over and over and over and over. And I'm going to leave behind the best damn title run this company has ever seen. Yep. Mm-hmm. No one's going to look back on this when it's done and say, oh, he was too small. No. You know what they're going to say? They're going to say, he is a damn good heavyweight champion. Yeah, That's all that they're going to say. Yeah. Yep. 
Well, I think that's going to be it. Did you all have any final thoughts, Isaiah and Tim? No, I mean... Uh, oh, go ahead, Isaiah. No, I just... Final thought. I had one one last question. I, I make these guys answer it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold you to it. Uh, so a thought and a question. Thought is we just appreciate everything you do. I mean, I, you can tell you really bust your butt out there, and it's extremely exciting. We love watching it, and we'll be front row there at the 24th supporting you again uh looking forward to it um i know you said earlier that jericho was your guy but uh give me your mount rushmore styles okay guerrero okay eddie guerrero um undertaker okay jericho okay nice yeah, there's four on that work. Okay, yeah, that's very good. I think that's about right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why I thought that was five, but yeah. Damn it, Daniel. Uh, <laughs> I, I would actually love to see The Undertaker. But um, with you man. and I. Yeah. <laughs> man. But, but on that note, guys, all right, I'd like to take this time to thank Mr. 5K Nate Bradley for being on our show. Like we said, you're a friend of ours. You're more than welcome on any time you want. Uh, he will be wrestling at TASW Break It Off February 24th. Doors open up at 6. Bell time is at 7. Um, shit, on that note, man, let's have a great night. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me. I had a lot of fun. Can't wait to be back. I mean it. It was a lot of fun, guys. Really appreciate it. Oh, you're sure welcome. Too sweet us at Break It Off. We'll be there. I will. I'll get each and every one of you. I promise. All right, and I'm bringing money for a shirt. Excellent. Sounds good. Sounds like a plan. All right, man. Have a great night, buddy. You too. Y'all have a great rest of your night. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank. Are we still broadcasting?